You ready to get into the word? Amen. Amen. Go to the book of Jeremiah. <clears throat> she said, who? Yeah, I heard you. Oh, ooh. See, if I, if I, if I, I should have worn a tie going Old Testament this morning. Jeremiah 17 and 9. We're in our second part of our series, uh, What's on Your Mind. This is, this is our graphic. That's okay. You, you don't, don't go back to it. It's fine. It's, everybody saw it. It's our social media graphic, which is how we live now. Because we can't have emotions without somebody telling us how we feel or making us angry on Facebook. It just amazes me that we're not our own people anymore. We have, we have allowed technology to, to rule us. Now, back in the, uh, back in the day, just y'all keep going to Jeremiah. Back in the day, uh, and, and some of y'all are older than me, some of y'all are younger than me, but, but I, I'm, I'm 46, and we didn't have cable. We, we certainly didn't have the Internet. And we had three channels, and I was the remote control. And the antenna. And the antenna. How many remembers going out and having to turn that stupid thing? And it'd be lightning. Daddy said, go do it anyway. I'm watching the game. You know, that kind of thing. So you're, you're holding on to a lightning rod at seven years old, shaking until he screams out, there it is. <laughs> y'all don't know nothing about it. Y'all spoiled. Y'all don't know nothing about that stuff. First thing, people, listen, people now, they first get their place. They, they don't know nothing about nothing, but they know how to call charter and get their internet turned on. Um, so it's just weird how we live that way. But when you live that way, you, what you do is you marry yourself to the emotions of others. You, 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 you really define yourself by how other people feel that day. And when you do that, you supremely stop who you are, who your personality is, how you would react to things, what you think about things, because you've married yourself to seeing what somebody else thinks about something before you think about it. And that, that's, and I'm not a black helicopter guy, but that's really how, you know, that's really how the thought police get started. That's really how Hitler took over Germany. It's just, just making people think propaganda and stuff like that. So let's get into this real quick. You feel emotions all the time. Sometimes you're sad. Sometimes you're happy. Sometimes you're dealing with things you can't understand. Sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's whatever's going on with you. But your default, listen, your default mechanisms Y'all just hang on, Jeremiah. We're going to get there. Your default mechanisms have been damaged through your whole life through something somebody said, something that somebody's done to you that's hurt you. Your reactions are based on others' reactions. This is making sense to you? You don't have, and I, I, I know you think you do, but you don't have a pure reaction to something on your own by yourself. Because everything in your life has been touched, tainted, or pushed, or pulled by something that's touched you, damaged you, hurt you, or blessed you, or done anything to you. So, now, Jeremiah 17 and 9 says this, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Now, that's God talking about the human heart. Pay attention to that. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked, who can know it? Now, the New Living Translation says it this way. The heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it can be? Now, don't raise your hands. Praise the Lord. But how many of you find yourselves in things that you struggle with for decades and you thought you overcome and one day you're like, uh-oh, there it is again. It's just popped in your head. Images you thought was gone. Let me explain something to you about your mind and your heart. That, you think, I'm, I'm an apple snob. I love Apple. Anything Apple, I have it. Mac, any, iMac, yeah, I got it. I'm an Apple snob. I get it. But your, your heart and your brain is the fastest computer ever created. And it holds more stories than you can comprehend. 
And you'd be standing right here singing the communion song and something that you looked on the internet you shouldn't have seen seven years ago pops right in there while you're worshiping the Lord. Now men, that's more with men than it is with women. Now we're just being real, don't get tight. But that is how Satan works. You're standing in an anointed worship service and something pops into your mind and he's using your mind to pull your heart away from worship. Are y'all with me? Because if he can get your heart to line up with what you're thinking, all of a sudden you disengage from worship. And when you disengage from worship, you can't walk in healing. You can't walk in abundance. You can't, because you get over back to the human heart, you're not tapped into the spiritual heart. You're back over in the soulish side of who you are and you tapped into the evil heart of unbelief because you can't believe God can set you free. Oh, I thought I was free from that. You are. It's just Satan's trying to remind you of something. See, because he saw it too. Y'all with me? Now, I ain't in my notes yet, so y'all hang on. I'll just hang on this one for next week. <laughs> Here we are. Now, when you do this, you put yourself in a position that you, you, you're in prayer meeting or, 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 or you're worshiping or you're talking to the Lord and, and something reminds you of why you can't have whatever it is you're believing God for. And listen to me. That is absolutely the enemy. That is absolutely generational demons. That is whatever has influenced your emotions your entire life to try to remind you of who people said you are, but that's not who God says you are. See, God says that you're pure, perfect, and holy. Some of y'all just said, <laughs> yeah, I know y'all. You were created that way. You were created to be pure, amen, perfect, and holy. Now, you're not ever going to be perfect. Well, Pastor, you just, hold on, we're going to get there. You cannot be in a state of how you carry yourself perfect because you're emotional. You can, however, be in a state of perfection, which means you're covered in him and you learn to lean to his reaction first. That's perfection. Being perfected in the saints means that you react like Jesus would react, not initially doing what you think. There's no way for you to ever be perfect because you're in a fallen creation. However, you were covered in perfect blood. That that perfect blood, when right reactions happen, can bring things into your life. We're basing things based on how we think they should go. Not on how he said they should go. You're living the majority of your life by trying to think your way through this thing called life versus coming in here at seven or at your house or whatever. The first thing before, before your feet hit the floor, are you talking to him about what your day holds? Most of us are not. Most of us just get up mad because we've got to go to work. And that's the truth. That's all right. But I want to I show you a few things. Here, here's what you've got to see. Your thoughts cause feelings. Amen. Your feelings provoke intentions. Your intentions become your actions. Your actions become your habits. Your habits become your lifestyle. You see how it works? Let me read that to you again. Your thoughts cause feelings. Now see, I'm a little bit ahead of the game in this because I only have one feeling and I don't get it hurt very often. I've destroyed all the rest of them. The one feeling I have, the only person that can hurt it is her. <laughs> I love all y'all, but I've, I've built that wall there. Uh, my thoughts cause feelings. My feelings provoke intentions. Now, that's an important one right there. 
Because why do you pray? When you pray, why do you pray? What are your intentions? I'm a word of faith, so I can say this with boldness. A lot of us are taught to pray for stuff. Just new car, new house, you know, new ring, new watch. You know, at some point you just get, you get, you get tired of a non-intimate relationship. But, but that's what we do. We, we're believing God for things. And that's, that's how we're taught. I'm not saying we're wrong, but we're incomplete. Because it's, it's okay to believe God for whatever he's put in your heart. And, and, and let me just tell you something. If God's blessed you with something amazing, it ain't nobody's business. Don't, I don't care what they say. You know, I, I, I got blessed with that, that $10,000 watch in here sitting right there. Somebody blessed me with a watch. And you would believe the emails and conversations I had. Well, what did you get that watch? Why don't you sell that watch and pay off the bill? Why don't you do? It ain't none of their business why I got that watch. I didn't ask for the watch. I just got blessed with it. So when you get blessed with something, that ain't people's business. But secondly, it's not your business to go around and flaunt what you have because of Jesus. See, the most valuable thing you have is your heart. The most valuable thing you have is your reaction. The most valuable thing you have is your intention. So why do you do what you do? Why do you come to church? Why are you here this morning? Oh, it got quiet then. Are you here to hear something to challenge you, to give you tools to win? I hope that's why you're here. Or are you here just because it's time to go to church? Or are you here just because this is what you do on Sunday morning? See, now in this church, I'm just going to tell you, I am extremely blessed. You are a wonderful group of people. And let me tell you something. I know because, you know, we had a little bit of a snow flurry this morning and everybody freaked out, thought they were going to skip church and go get bread and milk. So... The fact, the fact that you're here, and, the, and this, this is a, a different church. We're very unique. We're not religious. You know, people don't come here just because it's time to come here and get ice cream after church. You'll come here for whatever reason, and I believe it's to hear the word of the Lord. However, your intentions have to be in Him, not in church. See, this is where church people struggle. Some people are church people, but they ain't saved. Praise the Lord. Don't look around. Uh, <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. We were talking this morning in my office. April told me, she said, you better go drink a protein drink. You're punchy. I said, then she said something about us doing this remodel. She said, well, do you even, have you even bought nails? And there's a big bunch of nails over there. I said, Jesus was a carpenter. He didn't run out of nails either. Don't talk to me like that. <laughs> my intention was to be funny. Her intention was to bust me right in the eye at that moment, but I got away from her. So here's the thing. Your intentions cause things in you. They cause you to do things. Your intention, whether it's to hurt or to help, everybody has an intention. Every conversation you find yourself in, you have an intention. When you're arguing with your wife or your spouse or your kids or whatever, you know, people say things to hurt with intention. Or people can say things to bless with intention. Which one are you? Because the truth is, is most people don't default to blessing. Most people default to the intention of self-defense. But see, when you really see things like Jesus sees them, you begin to see who they are in him versus who they are in your eyes. Because if you see people in your eyes, you see all their warts and scars. And listen, this is why some people, it's hard for them to get free. Because when they look in the mirror, they know all their problems. They know all of their issues. And when, it's, when it comes time for them to lift their hands and worship, they struggle with it. Because they don't feel like they're free. Well, freedom's not how you feel. Freedom is accepting something. And once you accept it, then you begin to feel it down the road. Now, let me read this to you again. My thoughts cause feelings. My feelings provoke intentions. Now, we just talked about that. Then my intentions become actions. 
You've never done anything you didn't intend to do. Now, we're going we're gonna to get down and dirty into this. When it comes to actions, people don't understand the Baileys. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you, and that's okay. You don't have to. Uh, especially all these young fellas. By the way, my gun's in the office. Um, yeah, I'm coming right to you, Trevor. Probably you know it's in my pocket. Uh, see, when, 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 we, when we had children, I laid on my face. I was freshly saved, freshly baptized in the Holy Spirit. I didn't know anything about life. I didn't know anything about kids. And I, lay, I would lay on my face an hour before I would go to work every morning. I'd go to each of their rooms, just lay there and cry and pray in the Holy Ghost. God, how do I raise these kids? I'm a blithering idiot. I have no idea how to do this. And one day the Lord started talking to me about how to raise our kids. Now, we raise our kids in a very particular way. They don't, you know, when they're young, they don't date. They don't go off. I can't, here's the deal. Well, listen, we're talking about intentions and actions, correct? Y'all remember we're talking about that? If I intentionally send my 15-year-old daughter out on a date with a 17-year-old boy and put them in an adult situation, she comes home with an adult problem, that's on me, not her. Amen. Let's wake up, parents. Amen. Let's wake up to that because you've got a lot more responsibility than this you want to you add. So the truth is, the Lord said, you don't do that. And I said, but Lord, that's not how I was raised. And immediately silence came. See, because I'm trying to tell him how I would do this. See, you have to learn how to communicate with the Lord. But I started to see his intentions, and I wanted his intentions to become my reactions. Are you with me? So when my intentions, when, when his intentions got down in my heart and it became my actions, people reacted to my actions in ways they couldn't understand. I don't know why you do that. Why are you, I just don't understand. This is this, I don't know. This is how, not how, I don't see it that way. I don't care. Hey, don't care. None of y'all laid on the floor on my, my daughter's bed. None, none of y'all laid there on my, near my sons when they're in the hospital. None of y'all cried for them. And he loves them more than I do. So he, are y'all with me? Because when you put his intention into your action, now you can look at him and say, you told me to do this. You know, last week we talked about position and condition. See, how you get that set is you make up your mind you're going to do what he said, regardless, amen? When you do what he said, you have his results, amen? If you have his results, but yet they're not quite what he said, you now have the opportunity. You ever gone to Walmart to take something back and, and they ain't going to take it back, but you know you paid for it? Y'all get serious. I've seen some of y'all. Listen, I've been in there and seen blue hair flying everywhere. I'm just going to tell you, I've seen some stuff. <laughs> That's two. <laughs> That's two. <laughs> That's two. Nah, well, it's what she thinks and it don't matter. But it amazes me the people that will fight for trivial things. But you won't fight for the intention of the Lord. Where's your focus? What do you think about? Is your life on Facebook? I would, and I, I honestly have been so close to this many times, but the Lord will not let me do it, to just stop the entire service and make everybody hold their phone up. Because I've been, man, I listen, I've been preaching in services before where I know the pastor was checking his Facebook status. You talk about offensive to the Holy Spirit. So I, I, I've been in situations before where, I, now, I'll be also, I've also been in situations before where I got on somebody for being on their phone and they had their Bible app out. So it goes both ways. But the truth is, if your intention, are y'all with me? 
If your intention is to have actions that match his, then your lifestyle will eventually become like his, not more like yours, not more of your junk. Because when you set yourself in a place to where you understand what's going on inside of you, how do you deal with how you feel? The only way to deal with how you feel is to stop feeling it. Now, as a man, that's easy. Now, ladies, <laughs> now men are single-minded. Men, <laughs> I, I, I want to tell a story, but I'm not. That is the first time in the history of the ministry I've not said the story. I jumped in my mind. We're not going to do that today. Yeah, I am. Uh, <laughs> we, we, were, we, were on, we were on the cruise. Uh, we were on our first cruise uh, when we went out of New Orleans. And, and uh, I can't remember what the conversation was, but April and, and Amy were texting. And the final, and I can't remember which one sent it, but the final Word in the text was men, which spoke volumes <laughs> because what they're saying is they're dumb. And the truth is, is we're just single-minded. We think about one thing. We, whatever we're thinking about, that's what we're thinking about. And until, that, until that's accomplished, or those of us who think about accomplishing it and procrastinate, we're still thinking about it, but we never do it. Where women, on the other hand, now, okay, here's a perfect example. Men will clean out one room and paint that room and put the furniture back. That would be common sense, which is now superpower. Women, and I love all y'all, but don't y'all look at me funny because y'all know I'm telling the truth. Y'all will clear every piece of furniture out of every room to where you have to crawl over a mountain to get into each room and say, let's paint the house. Am I right? Y'all don't act like that ain't true. So here's the thing. We all think different but God's ultimate desire is that we think with his intention because he can't screw it up. And this is what I love about God. See, what y'all miss is the Bible says that God is not a man that he should lie. The translation is actually is God is not a man that he can lie because even if he says and it doesn't exist, it happens. See, he can't. He just can't lie. So when your intention becomes what he says, what he expects in your life has to begin to happen. See, you are his voice on this planet. This is why anything like this that would pull you away from that purity and that moment of hearing what he says is stopping you from the best. Because when you say, thus saith the Lord, and you know you've heard him, Everything on the planet stops and listens. Do you realize that? Y'all looking at me like, oh yeah, praise the Lord. No, listen. Do you understand that when you say things, how he says them, at the moment he tells you to do it, you are now acting in his place and the whole earth stops to listen to you. But we just church folk, so we don't get it. That's why you'll stand before the Lord and answer for every idle word. Didn't say every word. It says every idle word, which means every word that you used outside of his authority. See, that'll preach because there's a lot of preachers that have laid hands on people in the name of Jesus that he never said to do that. There's a lot of people that said the Lord's gonna. He didn't say that. I'll tell y'all this story real quick. 
I was early in the ministry. Are y'all okay? Y'all learning? We're going to save this for next week. Hallelujah. Let's just close this. I was early in my ministry, and I was watching TBN. This was before, this was when Jan Crouch's hair was just barely pink and only two foot high. You know, because it got bigger and pinker as the years went on. Y'all can laugh. It's okay. Y'all know that's true. Y'all know that's true. I was waiting on her to dye them dogs pink, but she never did. Anyway, say what you want to about Jan Crouch if you, and Paul. If you ever knew their story, you would be amazed at what they came through to accomplish what they accomplished. And, and we make fun of TBN, and I know I do, but they, around the world, every day somebody's hearing the gospel. So, you know, we laugh, we kid, but still. But Jan had this guy on there preaching, and, man, he was preaching, you know. Now, I don't know if he was saying anything or not, but he had the crowd, the crowd fired up. And it was when they used to have the, the studio, when you had probably two or 300 people in the studio, probably you know, four times what we have in here, just crammed in there. And they were having, back then, they would let people, now they won't do it now because of liability issues, but back then, you would give an altar call in the studio, and people would come up past the cameras, and they'd lay hands on you, which was, I thought was awesome. But this one particular minister, and, and I, I do not remember his name. As a matter of fact, I only saw him on TV maybe twice, and I've never heard of him since. But, but he was ministering, and this precious, precious lady came up. She had to be in her 60s or 70s. Black lady. Just looked like, it just broke my heart. It just looked like the world was on her shoulders. You know what I mean? Just, she comes up, and she stands there, and he, he stands up on the, the platform, and he had to. I'm not knocking him for that, but, but he stands up on the pulpit, and, and, and he lays hands on her, and he prophesies to her which I'm, I'm, I'm all for. I'm all for word of knowledge. I'm all for it. But he says things in this prophetic word that I didn't even understand. And I'm, I'm a theology student. You know, I'm, I'm looking at this stuff going, what, what are you talking about? And he gives us this nine to eight to nine minute prophecy over this lady. And she looks at him and she goes, now she's got the weight of the world on her shoulders. And she said, I don't understand what you mean. Now, he had the perfect opportunity to minister at that. Now, ministry began. See, the show was going on. Now, ministry needs to start. And this was his response. Now, I'm not judging the guy because I don't know his training, but his response was this. Well, the Lord speaks to the prophets in their vernacular. And if you can't handle that, you just need to go pray. You know how many ministers do that crap every day? Yeah, I said that. Because they don't know the real answer. The real answer sometimes is, I don't know, but we'll find out. That's the real answer. Now, here's what he could have done. What he could have done was threw his arm around her and just told her, hey, God loves you, and I don't know what you're going through, but, but we're just going to believe God that it's all going to work out. She didn't need to know anything specific, just that somebody cared. And that day marked me because I got his intention. Are you all with me? His intention was, I'm, I finally made it to TBN. I'm, I'm, I'm on it now. But his action, although his intention may have been right, his action was wrong. And nobody knows. I mean, did she go home and kill herself? Did, did she go home and die with something in her body that he, he might have been the one anointed to pray for her that day and get that dealt with? 
I don't know. Did she go home and, and think, this thing's fake anyway. They just wanted my money. I'll, I'll become a Buddhist or a Muslim. I mean, did she just walk away from Jesus? Did we, no, nobody knows. Well, pastor, what's that got to do with me? Here's why. You, whether you know it or not, wherever you at are the greatest minister in that moment. You are called to change people's lives and it's so simple to just use the right intention and the right action to bring the right reaction and watch people change. You, I know this is going to mess with your theology a little bit, but you are the Jesus, the Bible, the word people are looking for because you know how to reach people right where they are. That's who you are. So when that becomes your lifestyle, let me read this to you again. Let me just read this one thing to you one more time. My thoughts cause feelings. My feelings provoke intentions. My intentions become actions. My actions, here it is, my actions form habits. Now, I was a smoker. I didn't drink a whole lot. I did a lot of dope. But I was a smoker, and I like to smoke weed. Reefer, whatever you want to call it. If it was green and it burnt, son, I tried it. My, that was my drug of choice. I had access to anything, but that was my drug of choice because I was already so hyped up all that I wanted to kind of chill. So when I got saved and God took all of that from me, now listen, when he took, I got a supernatural deliverance. I haven't touched anything since. But the habit was still there. I had to go back and change the intention of my heart. So I had to go back, and, and she will tell you this, when I would get that pull, and that habit would speak to me. Because although, although it was all gone, there were still some physical things that was there. I would go lock myself in a bathroom with a Bible. Is that not the truth? For hours until it was gone. And, and days on end that happened. Then it became every other day. Then it became once a week. Then it became uh, once every couple months. And now, you know, I don't even want to smoke any weed until I had to counsel one of y'all. <laughs> it's a bad joke. Bad joke. Bad joke. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But she will tell you, she will tell you, this is, this is true, not us, but y'all get offended. Go ahead. I know some of y'all said some other stuff. Anyway, she, she would watch me come out of the bathroom, and this is the God's honest truth. I had found a place in the spirit where I was as peaceful as if I had done something like that, but there was nothing that had to do with this world. It was just all in him. See, that's that peace that passes all understanding. See, that's the peace that'll get you through when all hell's breaking loose. That's the peace that you have to learn to get to to break something. See, you have to be willing to get quiet with him to break a habit. There are divorces that did not have to happen because people had too much pride to break a habit. There are things that could happen in your life if you would just get to a place where you're willing to listen to him because what becomes habitual becomes your lifestyle. If you're somebody who is uh, habitually uh, dealing with something and that, that whatever it is you're dealing with is stronger than you and it becomes a stronghold in your life, your family deals with it, your wife deals with it, your kids, your mom, your dad, they all have to deal with that on some level. That's why the spirit of addiction is so strong. Because when you get, people say, people say well, I'm just out here doing my thing. I ain't bothering nobody. No, not just the 20 family members that are watching you become skin and bones watching you die before their very eyes. No, you're not bothering anybody, just them. But see, the spirit of addiction blocks that out. And you don't think that way because it piggybacks on habits. Because everything grows in habits. 
You have, a, listen, my favorite thing is when I'm around somebody, not in here, but, but like if I'm on a, working in a carpet cleaner, if I'm doing some of my business stuff or whatever, and I'll be at somebody's house doing something, and something happened, and they'll let go of some, some, just some filthy words real fast. And then I go, oh, oh, my bad. And I'm like, dude, I, God heard you. I mean, he knows it's in there. I don't, I'm not Jesus. But it's their habit. They don't even realize they say it because they say it so often. You see, when you disrespect somebody, it becomes habit. You don't realize you're doing it, you just do it. I mean, I, I'm always cutting up with April to the point that she probably wants to punch me in the throat more than I even know, but I love you so much. But that she will have to know, she knows that's my habit, and she will tell me, I just need you here today. It's because she knows how to break that habit. But we've developed that over 20 years, over 25 years, over, oh, baby, it feels like a day. Uh, <laughs> the foot's moving. The rattler. So, she's still mad at me over that weed joke. I ain't gonna lie. I just need that peace that passes all understanding to get me to the house today. That's what I need. Listen, if y'all, hey, Charlie, if you ain't heard from me by Tuesday, you better call Ray. <laughs> uh, so how do you deal with how you feel? It's real simple. It's real simple. Can I give you something real simple that if you will just do it, will change your life? Learning how Jesus reacted. How do you do that? You read the red. Just go read the red. Now, I, this is my thing. People talk about what well, Jesus is love. Yeah, he is. But if you ever read where Jesus dealt with religious people, there was tables and whips, there was tables and whips involved. So there are times to deal with things, and there's times to just deal with things. Jesus, listen, let me tell y'all something. Jesus is not the anomaly that's hard to figure out. Jesus was sent here as the example for how we're supposed to walk. That's how, that's how students at Canaan learn to walk in freedom. They just learn to walk like Jesus walked. That's not easy. Oh, it's not easy. But it's necessary to break the habits because the habits got there by intentions. You see how it works? Everything in your life is cyclical. Everything. You didn't just start dealing with whatever you deal with yesterday. You grew into that. So you have to grow out of it unless God supernaturally snatches it from you, which he did with me. But I still had to lock myself in the bathroom to break the habit. Y'all with me? I know this is more of the teaching thing this morning, but, but this is more like a Wednesday night, actually. But, but listen, when, when you dig in and you say, Jesus, how would you react to this? An amazing thing happens. He starts to tell you. But you have to be willing to listen. So how does that happen, Pastor? Here's how it happens. You just get quiet with him. You just get quiet. If there's ever a tough time in our household, if there's ever things going on and, and things are rough or, or, or just, you know, we need some breakthrough or whatever reason, and, and I walk in the house and I can't find April, I know right where to go. She sits on the side of our tub in our bathroom. That's her quiet spot. And she's in there praying in the Holy Ghost with tears rolling down her face because she knows that's how we break through. Not worrying about money. Not worried about, is this one going to leave the church tomorrow? Is that one going to show up? Is this one going to act like this? Are they going to call us and act like that? See, see, what y'all don't understand is that pastors, 
for, for every person that calls us and, and talks to us about something, we got 50 more that want to talk. So there's day, are days for us that we have to break through to peace because we're carrying all of your stuff. But we're anointed for that. It's okay, but there are those days. And, and she'll tell you, I've made a rule at the house, and we've broken it a few times. But once we walk into our bedroom, she'll tell you. She'll come in and go, well, what do you think about this? I go, oh, we ain't saving the world in here. This is my room. Just get quiet in here. We gonna watch the game. You can give me a little sugar, whatever. But we ain't saving the world in here. That's three. <laughs> All my kids just went. <laughs> uh, just let that soak a minute. We had a habit. We had a habit of going to bed trying to fix church problems and waking up trying to fix church problems. And although we may have been conversating about fixing church problems, we were creating marital problems because we were not intimate with one another. We were not kind to one another. We were always trying to fix things. So we just had to decide we're breaking this habit. So my question is this. And then we're going to call it a day. Because if I get to four, I'm afraid she might come cut me. Because <laughs> y'all know I'm loaded and ready this morning. I just don't I want to get out of here alive. I absolutely love the voice of the Lord. When you fall in love with the voice of the Lord versus your own mind, your life changes. I can't explain it any better than that. Everybody finds that quiet place different. Everybody does. But I will tell you this, and, and all of you guys who've been in here praying, they will, they will tell you the same thing. For two weeks, we've been in here praying every morning. And the first few days, even the first week, it was tough, man. We was having to push through some stuff. But now, I mean, people in the parking lot, they're getting out of their cars praying in tongues coming in. I'm like, hey, we're here now. So we just, we're, learning, we're getting back to that place where we're just easing in. So what's that, whatever, whatever you need to do to get to that quiet place, you need to do it. But, I, but, but let me give you one piece of advice. You can't wait on anybody else. This is what drives me crazy about people. I'll come to church. Oh, pastor, I'll come to church when my husband comes. Sow the seed. You go. Pastor, I'll come to church when my wife decides to come. You, you need, you need to, you're the man. You need to push through. Well, she, won't, she just won't go. Be a man. Push through. Well, pastor, you know, I don't know. I, don't, I just don't have time to pray. I have to get up. I got to be at work at three. Get up at two. You take a shower, I hope. Take 10 minutes in the shower. Pray. See, you have to learn how to find a moment with him. And God can speak to you so much in a moment. A moment can change the rest of your life. 30 seconds in my office where God spoke to me sonship shaped the next 20 years of my ministry. So nobody in this room is special, but you're all special. Did y'all get that? Nobody is more special than the other one. Oh, but you're so unique to the Lord. He has a unique plan and purpose and ability in each and every one of you. Your age doesn't matter. Your gender doesn't matter. All that matters is that you get close to him. Amen.